G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Every follower of Jesus will in time be persecuted in some way, shape, or form. But today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that our response to that persecution can accomplish great things for the kingdom of God. What should our reaction be to someone who hassles us, harasses us, criticizes us, mocks us because we believe in Jesus? Bless those that persecute you. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Each of us is born with something commonly called the fight or flight response. If our safety is threatened, our skin gets flushed, our pupils dilate, and our heart rate speeds up. It's your body's way of getting ready to respond to danger. And when somebody persecutes us, we often feel that same urge to respond. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie says the way we respond makes all the difference in the world. And we'll see Jesus taught us a way to respond that furthers the kingdom. title of my message is, I Hate Squirrels and Seagulls. (laughs) Not really, but it could be, and I'll tell you why. Because I do hate squirrels and seagulls. Now, I really have not had an issue with squirrels for most of my life until recently when I put a little bird feeder in our backyard, and the birds were enjoying it, and then the squirrels decided it was theirs too, and this squirrel kept climbing on it and it kept falling off the tree and it kept rehanging it, falling off the tree. Finally, it rolled a few times. He basically destroyed it. And so I Googled uh, squirrel-proof bird feeders and I found one and I hung it. And next thing I know, the squirrels, they're eating the bird seed. They're very uh, clever and very resourceful, I have to say. So then I searched for a special kind of bird seed that birds like and squirrels hate. It's supposed to be really spicy. So I uh, put the bird seed in. Next thing I know, there's a squirrel hanging upside down, eating the spicy seed. He probably enjoyed it. I like this. A little more Tabasco, please, you know? (laughs) So I, basically, the squirrel is winning. You know, what can I say? It's an ongoing thing. So, but seagulls too. Basically, the thing that squirrels and seagulls have in common is they're thieves. They take things that don't belong to them, right? You're gonna head down to the beach, some of you, and lay out your blanket and get your food maybe that you brought with you. And you better be careful because if you're on the water, the seagulls are coming. We're squirrels riding them. I'm telling you, riding the, come in, swoop in, grab your food, grab your small little weird dogs that some of you have. Uh, They take things that don't belong to them. That reminds me of a story of years ago when we took our oldest son, Christopher, to SeaWorld. He was just a little guy, so we paid the admission price, which was not cheap. 
And then we walk in and he saw the dolphins in a pool and he wanted to feed them. Well, they're clever there. You pay money to buy little fish to feed the dolphins. So I paid the money and he got the little fish. He got one to the dolphin. He was bringing out the second. Out of nowhere, a seagull swoops down, grabs the fish out of his hands, flies off. Uh, he said, I hate those seagulls, Dad. So we spent a little more time in the park and we sat down to eat lunch. And he ordered, as I recall, a chicken. I mean, not just a piece of chicken, uh, a good part of a chicken carcass, if you will. And he's eating it. Out of nowhere, here comes a seagull. Grabs the chicken, flies off with it. I mean, came down to our table and took it. I thought, isn't that like cannibalism or something? Is that even right in the bird community? Someone should send out a tweet and say it's inappropriate. I don't know. <laughs> and so then we're leaving and he wants to feed the dolphins again. Again, I buy some more fish. Again, the seagull steals the fish. And finally, as we're in the parking lot, there was a final act of injustice from the seagulls specifically targeted toward Christopher, a direct hit right on his jacket. He shook his fist and he said, I hate seagulls. You say, Greg, what does this have to do with a Bible study? Nothing. God bless and goodbye. No. So here's the real title of my message, Handling Hardship and Difficult People. <laughs> Maybe you felt as though the whole world is against you or at least seagulls and squirrels are against you. Or maybe there have been people that have given you a hard time. How should a Christian react when they're attacked for what they believe? How about this, what if someone hurts us, should we forgive them even if they don't deserve it? Well there's answer to these questions and more in the text before us. We're reading Romans chapter 12, verses 14 to 21. Let's look at it together. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind one toward another and don't set your mind on high things but associate with the humble. Don't be wise in your own opinion. Repay no man evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men and if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men, beloved, don't avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink, for in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We'll stop there. <laughs> Powerful words. If you're taking notes, here's point number one. We should bless those who are against us. We should bless those who are against us. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. We all know people that give us a hard time because of what we believe. It could be a spouse. It could be a coworker. It could be a boss. It could be a professor or a teacher in a classroom. It could be an internet troll that continues to harass you when you post about what you believe. But make no mistake about it, persecution is alive and well. So what should we do when it happens? Jesus said in Matthew 5.12, happy are the persecuted because the kingdom of God belongs to them. So when you're reviled and persecuted and lied about because you're my followers, wonderful, be happy about it. Be very glad 
for a tremendous reward awaits you in heaven. Let me just add this. Make sure you're persecuted for the right reasons. Sometimes Christians are persecuted not for righteousness sake, but because they're idiots. They say offensive things, they're obnoxious, they're mean, they're cranky, and, and then when someone calls them on it, they'll say, oh, praise God, persecution for righteousness sake. No persecution for just being weird, okay? So get persecuted for the right reason. So what should our reaction be to someone who hassles us, harasses us, criticizes us, mocks us, insults us because we believe in Jesus. Verse 14, bless those that persecute you. What does that even mean? The Greek word for bless here means to speak well of. It's the same term from which we get our English word eulogy, to eulogize. This is when you're at someone's funeral service and you eulogize them, which means you say nice things about them. Heard about a preacher that was doing a service for a man and he wanted to find just the right words to bring comfort to the family and so he said, here before us we simply have this shell and he gestured toward the coffin in front of the pulpit and then he went on to say, but the nut is gone. <laughs> he didn't mean it to come out that way but actually that's theologically correct. The shell is here but the nut is gone. But seriously, when you speak at a funeral service, you'll say complimentary things about the deceased. I mean, what if we told the truth in funerals? You know, because you've been to funerals and, and you're listening to people talk and you're thinking, is this the same person I knew? That <laughs> they've sainted this person. Uh, what if we got him and said this person was really a jerk? They were mean, they were selfish, they were stingy, they were hard to deal with. No, no, we'll say all these nice things about them and maybe some of those things aren't really deserved. That's what Christ is saying. This is what Paul is saying. Hey, when someone persecutes you, eulogize them, bless them, say nice things about them in return. Now that is usually the last thing we wanna do, but that's what the Bible tells us to do. Thanks for joining us today for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. Today, Pastor Greg is presenting a message from Romans 12 called Handling Hardship and Difficult People. Let's continue. Point number two, if you're taking notes, weep with those that weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Look at verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Let's talk for a moment about what to do when you know someone who's in deep pain. Maybe it's a friend who just found out from the doctor they have cancer. Maybe it's somebody else that just lost a loved one, even a child. And you wonder, what should I say to them? Sometimes, let's simplify it by saying, less can be more. People don't always need a sermon. Believe it or not, I might surprise you coming from a preacher. They don't always need a sermon. Sometimes they just need a friend. They need someone to show a little compassion for them and weep with those that weep. You remember the calamities that befell poor old Job? He wakes up one morning. He's a godly guy. He doesn't know the Lord's been bragging on him in heaven in front of the angels and Lucifer. 
But all kinds of calamities came on Job. One after another, he lost his livelihood. He lost his possessions. He lost his children. And he lost even his health. So his body was covered head to toe in massive boils. And then his wife comes along and says, why don't you just curse God and die? Thank you for those encouraging words, Mrs. Job. Why didn't you die with everybody else? Why are you still here? Yeah, so he was really down. So he had three friends who heard about what happened. And they showed up in Job chapter two, verse 12 to 13 says, when they saw Job from a distance, they scarcely recognized him. And wailing loudly, they tore their robes and threw dust in the air over their heads to show their grief. And they sat on the ground with him for seven days and nights. And no one said a word to him because they saw his suffering was too great for words. That's called weeping with those who weep, you see. I think we always feel like we have to have the answer because we're Christians. And there's a Bible verse for that. And maybe there is, but there's a time and place for everything. Here's the reality. Sometimes we say things to help people and we can end up hurting people. Did you know that? That's why you have to carefully choose your words. Because trust me, I've heard it. When our son went to be with the Lord, my son I mentioned who was there at SeaWorld being attacked by seagulls. There's no seagulls in heaven, I can assure you that. They're all going to hell. <laughs> with the squirrels. <laughs> but uh, I can't support that biblically. It's just my emotions got the best of me. But, but when our son went to be with the Lord, and a lot of people try to say things that would help me. And some things helped and some things didn't help as much. And I learned a lot about what it was like to be on the receiving end of those things. I was always the guy saying the things. Now I'm listening to those things. And sometimes we're, we're trying to encourage a person and we say actually the wrong thing. Someone will say to you, if you've lost a child or your husband or your wife, well, there's a reason for everything. What does that even mean? How is that supposed to help someone? How about this one? Well, whoever said life is fair, awesome. Go away now. <laughs> Someone actually said this to me. Well, you know what, Greg? If it doesn't kill you, it only makes you stronger. You know, I might kill you, okay? So <laughs> I'm stronger, so I'll kill you. No, not really. But you understand that we throw out these trite little sayings not understanding that sometimes they just need someone to say, I'm so sorry, I'm praying for you. You remember when Jesus was preparing to go to the cross, he went first to the Garden of Gethsemane. And there he was in great anguish as he considered what was still ahead. Oh sure, the whipping, the crucifixion itself. But I think the most difficult thing Christ had to grapple with was the knowledge that he was gonna have to bear all the sin of the world. Mark 14 says he took Peter, James, and John with him and he began to be filled with horror and deep distress. And he said, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. I mean, imagine, this is Jesus. Jesus was filled with horror and deep distress. And his soul was crushed with grief, even to the point of death. What did he say to his disciples? I could really use a sermon now. Does someone have a killer devo to lay on me? No, no. He says, stay with me. That's all he wanted. I could use a little companionship. Stay with me, watch and pray. They fell asleep. 
But Jesus just needed someone with them at the moment. And that's what people often need. So we need to weep with those that weep. But now this verse continues on. Rejoice with those that rejoice. Now actually I think that may be harder than weeping with those that weep. Something bad happens to someone you care about. You say, I'm so sorry. I'm praying for you. I care about you. And then they come back and they say, no, everything's good. I got a good report. By the way, I just got a huge promotion. I'm making five times the money that I was making last week. And you say, oh, praise God. (laughs) (laughs) What? You're like jealous. It should have given me that position. Or maybe you and your spouse have been unable to have children and someone says, oh, guess what? My wife's pregnant. Oh, great. Or you're single and your friend just said, guess what? I'm getting married. Oh, wonderful. It's not so easy to rejoice with those that rejoice sometimes. But we're to weep with those that weep and we're to rejoice with those who rejoice. Such practical encouragement today here on A New Beginning. Pastor Greg Laurie is presenting a message from Romans 12 called Handling Hardship and Difficult People. Do you carry some painful memories? Memories of something someone said or did to you? Next time, Pastor Greg points out how to have that burden lifted. It's a message on the freedom that forgiveness offers. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Handling Hardship and Difficult People. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.